Hey, everybody. Welcome back to LettermanRow.com and Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, hosting by myself, Jeremy Birmingham, joined by, co-hosted by, Spencer Holbrook over there. Uh, I, don't know where I, bo- I don't know where I'll be on here. I don't know either, Spencer. That doesn't really matter. What we do know is that Talking Stuff is sponsored, as usual, by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to Buyers Auto. Uh, look for a new car. It's pretty much the right time of the year to get a new car. Kitty's going back to school and all that stuff. Spencer, how excited are you to find uh, – never mind. You don't have a kid. You have an actual kitty. I do have a kitty. Yeah. There's, so your kitty isn't going back to school. Your kitty is still just running around the apartment going crazy. If he could get out of the house for eight hours a day, it wouldn't be the yeah. worst thing in the world. What if he could, like, have a job, you know? Like a cat job. I, we were talking about that last night. What if he had a job? He could help pay the bills and everything. Yeah, and like he had a little cat briefcase. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's steer that right back to football. Uh, speaking of having a job, Ohio State has a job on the recruiting trail, and that is to try to find an offensive tackle to join this class uh, of 2021. They have two offensive linemen committed, Ben Christman, Donovan Jackson. Both of those guys are – kind of combination players, uh, but more likely to play guard at the next level. Uh, and the Buckeyes' focus had been pretty much on Tristan Lay from Virginia uh, as the main offensive tackle target. But in the last few weeks, Spencer, as Tristan and his family have made uh, one trip out to Oklahoma, a uh, trip to LSU, and they're making another trip to LSU this weekend for some reason, which is great because it's a dead period and you can't do anything, but you're still visiting their campus two weekends in a row. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty telling as to what direction he's heading. Um, and maybe it's not LSU, maybe it's still Oklahoma, but I think it's pretty obvious at this point, it's not Ohio state. So we can begin shifting the focus away from him. And in doing so, uh, start looking for other offensive tackle options for the Buckeyes and lo and behold on Tuesday, the Buckeyes kind of tipped their hand as to which way they're heading when they offered six foot six, two hundred and ninety pounds, Zen Malkowski from Floyd's Knob, Indiana, which is a suburb of Louisville, 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 Louisville. Uh, the Louisville. Kentucky resident who lives in this house says Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Um, so anyway, he's a uh, you know he's a three star prospect. He's one of these kids that really has started to come along a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, the Buckeyes offered him now because they have senior tape. And that's why it's so important that kids play football. Ugh. This kid wouldn't have an Ohio State offer today if they weren't playing football in Kentucky or in Indiana, wherever the hell he is. It's right on the border, people. You have to deal with me. Bear with me here. Um, you know, so – the Buckeyes got a chance to see him play three games. They've got to see his tape. One of those games was against Cincinnati Elder High School, and he played a pretty good game, kind of a dominating performance. And that's really what pushed Ohio State over the edge, according to Mulkowski, when it comes to his offer. Now, Spencer, you're asking, who? Tell, tell me more about Zen Mulkowski. Well, he's committed to Louisville. 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 He's committed to Louisville, where he's been committed since April. Uh, I can't wait for the Louisville-Louisville argument in the comments of this video. But here's the thing, right? Despite the fact that he lives in a suburb of Louisville, he has never actually been on campus with the Cardinals and never visited Louisville. 
Um, so the Buckeyes, which obviously have never hosted them either because of the COVID-19 dead periods, aren't really like way behind in this recruitment. Number one, it's Ohio State versus Louisville, right? So you'd think that there's at least uh, an advantage to the Buckeyes there if they go all in on this kid. Um, but you know, I think that he's a player that you'd think that like Louisville would have this like built up home field advantage over the last handful of years that he's been there a dozen times or whatever. And he's just, he's not been. So uh, they, they definitely aren't going to be uh, playing too far from behind or too far, too much catch up. In fact, the only campus that uh, Zen has been, which is a great name, by the way, Zen. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, he the only college campus he's visited is Indiana State. So uh, this is a kid who is extremely new to the recruiting world, and you know one of those cases I think where if we had a normal summer, people probably would have heard of him before, but since everything was so wacky, we don't. Is it a good idea for Ohio State at this point, Spencer, to even? offer anyone that they can't see in person? Like I, that's, I guess the question I keep coming back to, like how risky is it knowing, Hey, we have to fill these spots to just offer a kid. You've never met, never seen in person just because he had a good game against one high school. Well, Berm, here's the big thing. Ohio state needs a tackle. Yeah, they do badly. If you look at this roster, I think tackle is somewhere they're going to look back on the 2021 class and, you know, man, we, we really should have went after these tackles earlier in the game, even though it's been such a weird recruiting class and they probably would already have a tackle, a five-star tackle in the class had he been able to visit before he went to Alabama during the dead period, which whatever, however that happened, you know. But the bottom line is they need a tackle. And so you do some weird things when you really need something. And, you know, they may not normally do this, but it's something that, that they kind of need to do right now. I, I think yeah. I think that the extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures, and I think this is one of those things where this is not something that we should be we should get used to seeing. But right now, it's it needs to happen. I think that what this is really talking underscoring here is the the struggle. Like Greg Studrara has taken a lot of heat from Buckeye fans in the last couple of years because of recruiting, and then like things sort of stabilized and, and he started to get a little bit more, um, you know, kudos for, for what he was doing, uh, especially early in this cycle when you get the commitment early from Donovan Jackson and Ben Crispin. But the real problem here has been closing on out-of-state talents. And I don't consider Donovan Jackson out-of-state because he's born in, in Ohio. His family's from Ohio. Like, I know he lives in Texas. I know that, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But I feel like he's more in state than he is out of state. And the biggest problem that Greg Studrara has had is closing the deal on the top ranked out of state offensive lineman. That is a major problem for Ohio state. And I don't know how it gets resolved. So there's, there's obviously a disconnect somewhere as we've seen at the end of the JC Latham recruitment, the end of the Tristan Lee recruitment. And I'm, I'm just calling it. I think that's over um, for Ohio state. So, you know, th- there is, now Zen Mikulski on the on the line. Uh, they're still watching Terrence Rankle at uh, Massillon High School, a big offensive lineman there, who's committed to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, there, there's options out there, but for the people who are waiting for that, you know, five-star offensive lineman, the big fish, like that's not going to happen in this cycle. There was the chance with Garrett Dellinger. 
Buckeyes were focused more on J.C. Latham. And then Dellinger goes away, and then Latham goes away, and then the focus turns to Tristan Lee, and he goes away. Um, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Ohio State uh, is struggling to close the deal with those top out-of-state offensive linemen. I don't know how. And it's almost, it's almost the same deal that Ohio State had in 2020 with the running backs. I mean, th- yeah. these are comparable situations. You had two five-star tackles that you really felt good about. There was a time where you felt good about uh, J.C. Latham. There was a time you felt really good about, about Tristan Lay. And there was a time in 2020 where they felt good about two, four, or five-star running backs. And so it's the same deal. And now they have to go out and they have to find a guy that, that they think fits but is also uh, good enough to play there. And so in 2020, they found a running back that was in-state. In 2021, they might have to find an offensive tackle that's either out-of-state but close to Ohio or an in-state guy in Terrence Rankle. So they're, they're comparable situations. Uh, I know that the running back situation stabilized itself in a huge way in 2021. I expect Ohio State to go hard after some 2022 tackles uh, national big fish. Yeah, the, the real problem in this is that the running back's an easier fix because yep. running back is a plug-and-play position. Offensive line is not. So if you're, if you're forced to take developmental prospects at a developmental position, which the offensive line is, you have these very rare Paris Johnson kids, you know, that are ready to come in and play right away. Most offensive linemen need a year or two or three to get caught up physically. I mean, hell, look at Nicholas Petit-Ferre. That's the number one ranked offensive lineman in the country coming out of high school in 2018. And it's taken him three years to get ready to play at Ohio State. So uh, you start to get worried when you look at the 2020 offensive line group that included, obviously, Paris Johnson and Luke Whipler uh, as ready-to-go type players. But then you still had – Jacob James and Trey LaRue and Grant Dutant and uh, Josh Fryer, who are all sort of developmental guys. And you just now you start to worry, like, is the back half of this offensive line, which is one of the best in the country if Ohio State gets to play in 2020, uh, it's not going to be that way in 2021 and beyond uh, without some real opportunities to get those kids some work. Anyhow. Uh the depth, in the, the depth in the offensive line, I don't want to get too roster heavy here, but the depth in the offensive line relies on a lot of ifs. If Grant Dutant can take a big step, if Josh Fryer pans out, which we think Josh Fryer is better than what I think Josh Fryer is going to be a star, but that's, that's irrelevant, right? And so it, even though we think that, it's still an if. If he pans out, if Grant Dutant pans out, if DeWant Jones continues his rise as, as a legitimate tackle prospect, so all these things are a lot of ifs. In the guard spots, you know what you've got. You've got Enoch Mamahi. You've got potentially uh, Luke Whipler. You've got uh, other guys. Uh, well, Harry, Harry Miller, Matt so, Jones, et cetera. So yeah. The guard position is almost like a when, and the tackles are a lot of ifs. You need some wins in, in, at yeah. the tackle spot other than Paris Johnson, and I think that's something that needs to be addressed, not necessarily in 2021 because it's almost too late to do that. That's why I think – this focus is going to shift drastically to 2022 and getting some of these big national fish that you know you need in that 2022 class ready to go. Yeah. Who knows, man? What we do know is Ohio State is moving on when it comes to the offensive Mm -hmm. line, and it appears that Zen Malkowski is the next guy on the list. So that's who we're talking about today. Um, And that leads us into how we're going to end this show. So we're not going to go super long today, Spencer, because – Recruiting is hard to talk about right now as we don't have any real optimism that's going to lead us to football. Uh, anyway, 
Let's play a little game of in or out, huh? In or out. The game of in or out. All right, We're working on the intro to the game. Spencer, hit me. In or out? Uh, well, let's just get it out of the way. Tristan Lay, he's out. Out. Yeah, out. he's out. It's over. Um, our offensive lineman from Virginia, out. Let's let's uh, stick with the on the lines. Let's go, uh, uh, Zen Molkowski. Mokarski, Mokowski, 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 These names, you know, I'm not great with these names. Mokowski, Louisville, uh, committed to Louisville, not Louisville. Is Louisville. it? So it's Louisville. Louisville is the name of the school. Louisville is the name of the city. Right? No. No. Whatever. He's he's going to end up at Ohio State. I think he's in. I think that he is a player uh, that is going to see his recruiting star take off here. Um, but I think he is going to be in. I, I think he will end up flipping to Ohio State. Okay. In. 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 No, oh, wait. In. Out. No. In. <laughs> Out. In. <laughs> Out. Okay. Okay. That, that, that works. Uh, let, let's call West. Let's go back to JT Tormalo. He is still in for Ohio State. I, I think that yeah. we're just we're just going to have to wait. I mean, that's the reality here. This is a kid who's been waiting and waiting and waiting to get to Ohio State. We have no idea if or when he's going to be able to visit, but we also know that JT is not in a hurry. He was not going to make a decision until February, even during a normal recruiting cycle. If things start to normalize and he's able to take a visit to Ohio State in January, which I think right now is kind of the hope, um, then you'll see him take a trip to Ohio State, Alabama, probably Oregon, um, maybe USC. I still think it's Ohio State and Larry Johnson uh, winning that battle. All right, let's Can't. stay there. Let's stay there. Uh, anything new on Emeka Ibuka? Absolutely nothing new, which is, I guess, good for Ohio State because they've been at the top of the list for over a year. The Mecca is still in. Okay. But as I said last time, we played in or out. Uh, you know, Oklahoma is really doing a good job there, and I think that that one's just going to continue to be annoying for Buckeyes fans because there's constantly this talk about, hey, maybe he's going to decide soon. Maybe he's going to decide soon. Maybe he's going to wait till March. Who knows? Nobody knows. The kids aren't really talking. He's never really been much of a talker, uh, and right now he's just focused on – doing what he needs to do. He's going to play football next spring in Washington, so there's no hurry. But it's, still, it's like It's like when a bug gets in your house. He you, just keeps flying around. gets really annoying. And you just keep yeah, seeing but I mean, it. You can't catch it. Except for this case, you want the that's bug Al in your house. No, that, that's Alabama. Though. I mean, that's Oklahoma, though. The, Oklahoma's the bug. You just got to get him out. All right. Out. <laughs> but, yeah, Abuka, I still have – Abuka, we still have his in. Oklahoma, out. Okay. Um, so I wanted to bring this up. Terrence Rankle, do you think that Ohio State offering an out-of-state player is a big indication that Rankle is further down the list than him? Or are they just offering him and going after Rankle to kind of uh, hedge their bet almost? You have to, like, watch more players. You have to get caught up mm -hmm. here. I mean, uh, what I know, and I think this is why I think Mulkowski is in – 
is because Ohio State doesn't typically offer a player committed to a, I'm going to say this, and I hope not, Louisville fans don't get offended, a lesser program. They don't often offer a player committed to a lesser program, especially at this point in the process, unless they feel confident that that player is going to flip to them. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they haven't offered Rankle yet, who's committed to Pitt, but that's not because they don't feel like he would flip. I think it's just because they just haven't seen enough tape on him yet this season. Okay to really make that determination. It is easier when you're dealing with an in-state prospect, you can sort of feel like you could wait until the end of October to offer him and it would probably still work out. He, uh, similar to Murkowski, uh, Rankle has not been to Pitt. He's not visited there. So there, you know, I think that he committed to Pitt when he did smartly to kind of lock himself into a class uh, mm-hmm. and then yep. to play the field which is what he should do. I'm not, you know, I, I think that's a smart decision by the young man. And uh, he's clearly got some, some good people directing him. So a uh, rankle, I think right now, obviously is out because he has no offer, but I know that he's being uh, evaluated. Okay. I've got two more and one of them's a bit tricky. Oh, tricky, 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 so, tricky. It's time to rock around, to rock around, to it's tricky. We're going to get, we're going to get the show taken down. We're going to get the show taken down. Ah, uh, no, you, man. You, you. No, I made it my all rights, all rights reserved. Okay. Uh, Tywan Malone. Out. I said he was in last time uh, and now he's out because I really think that Tywan Malone is wanting to play baseball. And I just don't think Ohio state is going to allow that other schools like Texas A&M will probably give him the opportunity to do that uh, at least in the beginning part of his uh, college career. And I think Ohio state knowing that maybe they were in unsettled territory with him there was one of the reasons why they decided to take the commitment to Tyreek Williams when they did. Uh, And I think now with those two playing the same position, it really hurt Ohio state anyway, uh, odds wise. So, uh, out. All right. Here's the tricky one. Okay. And I'm going to weird it. I'm going to word it in a weird way. So you're going to have, you really need to pay attention here. You're going to weird it in a word way. Ohio state's in or out Ohio state's first commitment in the 2023 class by November. Do they have their first commitment in 2023 by November? Uh, out. I think that the only players that would be in that conversation are Brennan Vernon uh, from Mentor and Sonny Styles from Pickerington Central. I think Vernon is closer to being that guy, but I don't think that the Buckeyes want somebody that young committing. They just want him to know that he has a spot down the road. Uh, Vernon is a player that is going to be a top 25 top 30 prospect in that class they would certainly say yes absolutely you're you're our guy but even jack sawyer didn't commit until the end of his sophomore season uh i just i don't november think that, you know, february that, he committed he committed the day of the super bowl yeah. after his after his uh, sophomore year i think that for brennan it's about focusing on these six games at mentor and maybe because the season may be over by then so uh, i'm still going to say out but i don't think it would take long after that well, the reason I bring it up is because these guys are starting to get some, some recognition. These guys are starting to pop up 
uh, on recruiting boards, uh, on, you know, you see them on social media. These guys are getting some major attention. This, I want to keep reminding people, this Ohio, this Ohio class in 2023 is going to be something special. Like there are going to be four or five guys who are going to border on, you know, top 50 prospects just within yeah. the state. And uh, Ohio State can put together a pretty good core early in this class uh, if, they, if they get to work. Yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those things that we're in this in the middle of this wild time because, like, the 2022 class has six commitments already. You don't want to take too many more in that class because you haven't seen any of these people play football. Uh, and so there's that risk-reward factor of, like, you jump in the boat too early uh, and – and really start filling up on kids you haven't properly evaluated and properly seen. So uh, it, to me, takes away the, the need to really jumpstart 23 because there's still so many questions in 2022. Okay. Any, well, any other, any other in or outs? Uh, Ohio state at number one in the class ranking. Uh, it's getting close. It's getting I still close. Think it, uh, I mean, I think they're out. I think Alabama wins it out. Derek Davis. I, I had him in last time. I think he's out. I think he's going to Penn State. But I don't think that's coming until, like, November. Derek Davis, out. But um, also, Penn State can't recruit in state, so you, you never know. Well, they, they certainly have struggled this time around, but they have Terry Smith, a former coach at Gateway High School, where uh, Derek Davis plays on their coaching staff, and I think that that relationship, the long tenure nature of it will be the – uh, the winner, the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Anyway, that has been another episode of In or Out, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast game brought to you by Letterman Row and our friends at Byers Automotive. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Thanks for watching, everyone. Play us out, Chives. Da, 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 da. <laughs> See you guys. That's all I got. Bye-bye.